every bad situation becomes the greatest experience of your life. You know, whether it be a divorce, uh, see it as a positive. Uh, it's difficult in the moment, but, but you will see that in the future, it might be your greatest lesson. you're a person who's heard the word no from a boss, an ex, a team that cut you, a job market that didn't want you, an accident or diagnosis that left you debilitated and depressed, or felt paralyzed by any setback that you just weren't willing to accept, this is the show for you. Because it'll teach you what my dad always taught me, that failure is just opportunity in disguise. This is Matthew Del Negro, and you're listening to 10,000 No's. Welcome back to 10,000 No's. Today, I have actor Sebastian Roche, and he has worked with legends like Al Pacino on stage. He's worked with directors like Julie Taymor. He is known for television shows like Supernatural, The Vampire Diaries, The Originals, uh, and then the Amazon original, The Man in the High Castle, as well as HBO's The Young Pope opposite Jude Law. He's got a really cool perspective on the business, and he's got a cool perspective on life because of a pretty extreme situation that happened when his father decided to uh, jettison out of a kind of upper middle class life and take the entire family on a boat sailing around the world. He speaks five languages. He's got this incredible perspective, and yet he has really been through the ringer, as all of the actors who have been brought on this show have, but he really goes into some of the pain of the near misses and how he has uh, turned things around in his mind to empower him rather than let them pull all of his strength. And uh, you see why this man has just continued to work not only in film and television, but on stage, Broadway, off-Broadway, the West End of London, year after year, decade after decade. It's just, uh, there's a resilience, there's a love of the craft, and I can't wait for you to hear him, Sebastian Rocher. I was born in Paris, uh, to a, a French father and a British mother. Uh, my father was raised in Britain, so he was a very sort of Anglophile upbringing. But we were, you know, raised in the suburbs of Paris, a very sort of uh, run-of-the-mill, upper-middle class. My dad was, you know, corporate. Um, and, you know, I, would, I, would, I was fascinated with, with England and Scotland because I have a Scottish heritage. I would go pretty much every holiday to England. So I, I sort of identified I was a true Anglophile, even though being raised as a complete Frenchman. I mean, if I'm in France, you'll never know I'm British. Um, uh, and, but then my whole life uh, sort of changed when my father, who never saw us because he was always working, decided to sell everything and buy a sailing boat and you know, uh, basically sold everything, bought a sailing boat, and we took off for about six years on a sailing boat to sail around the world. So from the age of 12 to 18, my sort of normal life changed uh, drastically uh, and, it, and changed really who I was and, and sort of formed really the man I am today, you know, uh, because it's, it's such a, a different life when you go from stability to complete instability, because uh, 
you know, we set off. Uh, we didn't go all the way around the world. We went, you know, uh, we left from France, went, did the whole Mediterranean basin, the west coast of Africa. I went to the Canaries, the Madeira, crossed the Atlantic, and then spent a lot of our time in the Caribbean and South America. And uh, so this is growing up and being homeschooled uh, uh, through a French system. And that really, really shaped the man that I was. Very early on, I think at the age of six, I wanted to be an actor. I, I, I either wanted to be a painter because I painted all the time and drew all the time and really wanted to be an actor very, very early on, was fascinated by the whole world of theater that I would go to in England, you know, of course, and, and France. Uh, it was really theater that, that drew me uh, to acting first and foremost. Um, did, so you we, have, did you have siblings that were on yes. this trip with you? Or you, yeah, you? yeah, yeah. So it was my mom, da- mom and dad and my two brothers. So uh, three boys and parents. And it was, you know, uh, pe- it was not uh, as people would expect. You know, people expect, oh, my God, he, he lived on a boat for six years. Right. It, it was tough. It was tough. Within a year, we were completely broke because uh, my dad was not, you know, the most... I mean, you know, he hadn't calculated very well. And uh, so we had to fend for ourselves, you know, and it was actually uh, an incredibly uh, learning experience for all of us. He became a tour guide in Martinique. I would give windsurfing lessons with my brother and my mom would repair sails. When you're young and you uh, are completely, you know, I remember to the day, the day we were in our house and he, he told us, okay, guys, we're, we're leaving it. And, you know, I was not, we had been sailing, you know, as kids, you know, weekend sailors in Brittany on the West coast of France. And I was not really into sailing that much. <laughs> and I was pretty terrified. I was terrified for the first few months. Uh, so, you know, you're, you're, you're completely destabilized. You go from a normal, you know, quote unquote normal environment to this incredibly adventurous environment, especially this was the late seventies and our boat, you know, had, had the bare minimum, you know, it was, oh, uh, it's okay. She, she's all right. She just, <laughs> she choked on her tea. Not at all. This is, <laughs> this COVID. is, the, this is what happens during COVID when you're I doing know. remote Everyone's uh, like, interviews. Are you okay? You get coughs, you get yeah, you know, yeah. a beeping sound going on. No, yeah, no worries yeah. at all. I know. So anyways, um, I can't remember what I was saying, but, uh, oh, you were saying the seventies, the, the time you yeah, saying- yeah, it was the late seventies. We had a boat that had the bare minimum. Now, you know, on a boat, you have these, um, automatic sat navs. You have a weather tracking system. You can actually avoid it. We had the bare minimum. We we had a radio, and that was it. And our boat was really made for the Caribbean. We had cold water, no hot water, no AC, no salt water desalinizer. It was the bare bones at the time, you know. And we're we're talking about yeah, the seventies was bare bones. You know, it was it was adventure at the time. We we were we went to places, you know, that were dodgy and and amazing and extraordinary. So. Those six years were really the most formative in in terms of me as a young man, you know, who was afraid of everything and then became this sort of, you know, I found uh, I found a passion in spearfishing and shell collecting. So every morning I would go, uh, you know, basically I'd be like, hey, okay, what do you want for, for lunch? So, you know, it gives you a sort of sense of purpose. Um, 
and you know became a started loving sailing truly loving sailing after being terrified of it uh, when you spend three weeks on an open ocean, you know, crossing the Atlantic, you kind of learn and you realize, you know, there are so many things that are so interesting about um, everyday life. You know, the, the smallest detail becomes the most exquisite detail, you know, by, by just looking at the horizon and suddenly seeing a jellyfish and that takes a huge importance, you know, the visual aspect of it. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so th this was my upbringing. And, but uh, there was always that passion for acting that was burning inside of me. And uh, eventually, I mean, if you want to, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, you know, I'm interested even before we go there, like your yeah, relationship yeah. with your dad, it sounds like just the way you commented on it earlier, he was always working, so you never saw him. Now it sounds like the reverse of that. You are really in his presence. You are really in his presence. <laughs> so and was you know, that good for the relationship or was that well, troubling? I mean, it was great for the relationship, but you know what they say, they say, uh, you know, your friends, uh, by inviting them inside a boat for two weeks, <laughs> you know who your friends are because, uh, very quickly when you're in such a confined space, uh, you know, it, it, it is a lesson in, in, and living, it really is. And yeah, it was, it was, you know, he's the one who said, I never see my kids, so I want to do this. Uh, I remember him saying that. And yeah, it was, it was, you know, it got us much closer uh, at the same time when you were a teenager growing up. Uh, you know, you, you, you watch every detail of what your father's doing and on, on a boat, it becomes, you're under a microscope for everything i was my mum was my dad was my brothers were uh actually we, we, you know my older brother very quickly was like screw you i'm grown up i'm out of here so he left in martinique and went to do his military service in france my younger brother couldn't really deal with the the uh schooling so he was sent to boarding school in england and you know for the last two years of our trip i was the 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 guy who was left on the boat. And, <laughs> and then I became, yeah, which gives you a sense of purpose too, because I did everything on the boat, you know, yeah. and I wanted to do everything on the boat. Um, but it, you know, leaves you with your own solitude. And actually it was really interesting because on a boat, you, you really learn to, to live alone, to live in your, in your head in the best possible uh, sense uh, of the word. Uh, it's a very, contemplative uh, life. You know, people don't realize when you do a passage, when you cross a passage, it takes a day or two from island to island. And, you know, I would often go in the bowsprit, the front part of the, 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 the boat and, and look at the waves and look at the ocean and look at the sails. And so, it, 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 yeah, so there's that aspect of it. There's also the aspect of being a teenager and... And and um, experiencing, you know, new things. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. I was going to say that that um, that aspect of being on a boat in such close quarters, but having that contemplative mindset is really a predecessor for being for working on a set. Yeah. Where I think you have to. You're, you, the way I always describe it is, you know, an acting class is kind of the most pure form 
of acting. It's like you're in a vacuum. There's nothing yeah. but the work and the play yeah. and, and the playwright's words. And then when you go do a movie or, or a TV show, it's like taking that acting class and going up on, you know, the 80th floor of a skyscraper that's being erected in Manhattan and doing the acting class with steel girders swinging back yeah. and forth and, and now it's try so to true. bring your, bring your contemplative self there. So it sounds yeah. like you almost had uh, training for how to remain in your own space amidst a, a, a very confined space that probably had a lot of tasks. And, yeah, and yeah. But I mean, the thing, the difference, I think, because I, I, then my arrival to the sort of, you know, urban world was a bit of a shock. But um, when you are, yeah, because I was, you know, you have to remain calm also in dire circumstances, you know, when there's very bad weather or there's a water spout in front of the boat and you have to react or other uh, crises, uh, you have to keep a cold head yeah, on a boat. So you are really, uh, it's a, it's different because it's really natural environments and you have, uh, so, and those natural environments enable you to keep a cold head and, and to, to stay calm in, in the, yeah, it's true. And it does help me uh, in, in this, in, in ad adaptability. I'm, I can adapt super well to my environment. Uh, and I love being on a movie, on a set, a movie or TV set so much that I take, massive joy but it's true in america especially when you come to a set and you're a guest star you know you come into everyone else's environment that they know on the tip of, you know they know everyone and you're the foreigner coming in and you have to have a very good sense of self coming in and also a great sense of work uh coming in and and being a super pro and and you know not coming in to 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 sort of derail everyone but to, to try and fit and do the best job you can yeah. and it's very hard at times you know sometimes yeah. you get on a set that is will always make you uh, unbalanced but sometimes you come on a set that welcomes you with open arms which is the majority of the time that i've worked i, I uh, yeah i heard you speak about this and i have had a similar experience i spent yeah. a lot of time being a guest on other sets and yeah there is a skill there is a uh you know, there is an adaptability that's necessary. And, and yeah. you also spoke about something that I actually wrote about in my, my book, which was mm. number one on the call sheet sets the tone. And I've like Absolutely. you, I've been really lucky on some of the ones. And yeah. then I've also experienced toxic sets. Oh yeah. And talk number about one, that you're a little so bit. Right. You're so right. Number one on the call sheet will set the tone. And I will add the director too. Uh, when you're on a movie, I think the director also sets the tone. If the, you know, it was really interesting. I watched uh, this extraordinary Korean drama series called My Mister, and they allude to that. Uh, there's actually someone who's a, who used to be a star director and uh, uh, he's, uh, the actress is having a really difficult time and, and his friend director is being a, total dick to the actress is being really hard on her and he he goes up to his friend and says do you know why you're hard on the actress because you're insecure about yourself so you're taking it out on her and that happens you know yeah. uh, uh i've seen it uh you know I, I i try to be ultra prepared when i come in you know as an actor i think you know uh, you're probably the same uh but you know you can be ultra prepared and and 
still have uh, uh, difficulty <laughs> with the powers that be, uh, you know, for reasons of getting the shot done as quickly as possible. Uh, this has happened to me. You know, uh, you can see panic in in uh, in the powers that be trying to get you know through their shot list without thinking that you know you're dealing with human beings, and that you know uh, and and that sometimes quality should take over uh, quantity. Uh, and and I've I've been in these situations. It's very difficult to keep your focus and to try and actually uh, you know because I, I I believe fundamentally that relaxation and kindness will bring out the best work in, in people. Some some directors think differently, uh, uh, but uh, and you know some directors think fifty takes and that might be it as long as it's done in a, in a in, in a in a professional and and uh, relaxed way but yeah. um I'm, I'm diverging a bit yeah did you wanted to the question that you asked me was um no i'd no. like to get your take on no 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 that's you're really talking about what i was really asking about just that kind of i i think for for my listeners in particular it's i bring it up and even what you just said about, you know, you're losing the light or they need to get through their shot list. Yeah. I bring it up so that people can hear it's the, the circumstances are rarely, if ever, perfect. There is yeah. always some element of what you said about being on the boat, that there's, you know, there's a leak in the front or uh, the yeah. weather is bad or whatever it might be. And part of the job, you know, it's easy to sit in the theater and, and pick apart someone's performance. Yeah. But, but on the day, what they're dealing with is something less than perfect. And that's, that's part of the gig, yeah. I think for all of us is whether it's dealing I, with, you know, other, yeah, but other I think, I think, or, yeah. But I think also, you know, sometimes, and it's not because I'm an actor, we're actors, the powers that be, and I'm talking about producers, directors, sometimes forget that without an actor, you have nothing. You know, they keep saying the writing, the production design. Without actors, you have nothing. You will get nothing. And with bad actors, you will get even less so, you know, in a way, we sometimes, you know, I actually try to fight against that. I try to tell actors, remember your worth. Without you, th nothing will happen. This will come to a grinding stop. If you've shot, you know, your five scenes and, uh, and you leave, it's done. They will, they will have to spend a massive... So, Speak your mind. I'm not saying be a terror and be abusive because th that happens too. But I'm saying, you know, people, the, the people in power need to stop. They need to stop forgetting, uh, um, not stop forgetting, they need to, to, to think, you know, very, very strongly that actors are, in my personal opinion, the most important part of a film or a TV series or a play and uh, we should come into a production thinking that uh, uh, in the most professional way I'm not saying come in yeah. and be a monster and and that is for I'm not talking about stars you know because stars have this of course preferential treatment I'm talking about any actor who comes in on a production and feels a little insecure or off balance remember 
your worth. <laughs> yeah, I think and it's I think very that, important. And I to think tell that actors. holds true for anyone, actor or not. And I think definitely for me, that what you're talking about has been part of the journey, which was in the beginning, it was a little more of let me be a good boy who's doing what I'm supposed yeah. to do. And then you quickly yeah. realize being polite and acting, you can be professional. Yeah, and yeah. You need to be professional, but being polite between action and cut is not yeah. the way to go. I mean, it's fine you need to, it's put, fine to be. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it's fine to be polite, but you have to also believe in your own decisions and you have to also have a dialogue that if, you know, it, it can't only be one way. You have to have a dialogue, not a monologue. And oftentimes we found ourselves with people who are just trying to get through their shots and, and just have a monologue with you. And, you know, uh, you know, and you see the difference, the quality, the, the qualitative difference, you know, in now what in what's happening now uh, with 10 episode series where you see that people are taking the time, uh, both in directing uh, photography and acting. And you see also the, the format of the, 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 I mean, which is great. I mean, you know, everyone wants to be on a series with 23 episodes a year because it's, it's extraordinary. You're working for nine months. Uh, but sometimes you see that uh, a quantity is, is prioritized uh, before quality. So it's important to, to remember that, to remember that, you know, you are an important part of, of the whole uh, the whole enterprise, you know, very important. Yeah. And that's just to be clear, I'm saying yeah. you're polite on a set when you're outside, yeah, yeah. but you're all, but also if you do your preparation and you have a yeah. point of view to bring that to Absolutely. what your work is and to yeah. fight for it. And at sometimes that's not going to go, people are going to disagree, yeah. but if you just, if you just back down and do what they yeah. want you to do, I think that the, the, it's hurting everybody's cause. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So, so there needs to be, you know, a collaboration. Before we continue this conversation, I want to ask you something. How'd you land here at 10,000 No's? Maybe you know today's guest personally, or maybe you've heard of them, or maybe you know me and you've been listening for a while, or you're just dropping in for the first time to check this thing out. Either way, I'm guessing that in some way you're looking for something. You're looking for answers about how to be better at what you do, how to get over a breakup or a letdown, or if you're some type of creative or an actor like me, you're looking for some inspiration, some magical quote that's going to lift you up, get you through your day or your week. If any of this applies to you, check out the link in the show notes for the 10,000 No's Insiders community. This is something I launched at the top of 2021, and in a nutshell, this is why I did it. Tons of people write into the show. It helps them. They're inspired, blah, blah, blah. But then what? What do they do with it? Who do they talk to about it? And that's essentially what it is. A group of like-minded, go-getting, mostly creatives, but all people who are in some career track that just doesn't have a very obvious one-size-fits-all approach. So that's all we did. We set up an intimate group online. It's a private Facebook group coupled with live Zooms weekly 
where people just get into it. And sometimes that means specific business strategies. Sometimes it's about mindset and approach. And sometimes it's just about unloading on the group and having people that care, but who are outside of your personal domain, keeping you accountable. So you actually do the things that you need to do in order to not only succeed in a competitive field, but keep your soul intact while doing so. You can get more information at the link, but here's what some current members are saying about it. Another thank you to everyone for the help. The group helped me get in a great place before my audition, follow my gut, and take a risk by breaking the rules. Thank you for this amazing group of humans. The accountability of our community was just the nudge I needed. Sent a draft to my editor today. By the way, the woman who said that was a total baller at Nike for 30 years, and she's now in a second career as a writer. After our group, I felt so good, it changed my entire mentality. I didn't even realize the negative energy I was putting out there. That's just to give you the spirit. And that's not even mentioning the amazing VIP guests that drop in to lead the group with me once a month. Many of them are past guests of this show, all of them immensely impressive. If this sounds like something that might be of interest to you, go check out the link for 10,000 No's Insiders Community. But for now, let's get back to the show. As you know, there are certain roles that jump out at you and you own them instantly. So in those instances, I think it's way easier to approach the role and it suddenly becomes kind of a dream to be on set. You know, I really had uh, an extraordinary amount of pleasure uh, doing this series, uh, you know, The Man in the High Castle, um, playing actually a very complex character. Uh, it seemed you know, like a sort of easy character on paper, but he was such a complex character. Uh, and that was a role that really also, uh, you know, that I, I seemed to understand instantly. Uh, and, and I had great pleasure working on it because it was like, you know, it, it is that format where you spend 15 days shooting one episode. Mm-hmm. So you can take the time and do the research and, uh, you know, so these roles really interest me. But I mean, I have to admit that sometimes the greatest pleasure I've had are on the most guerrilla, low-budget movies that I've done. You know, I remember doing this movie called Never Get Out of the Boat uh, with all these people uh, where I played this. This uh, It was based on a true story, and I played this rock star who was who'd done 27 rehabs and he was in a halfway house and we, we did guerrilla filmmaking and it was one of the greatest experiences I've had on a set. Uh, 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 and that was due to the fact that I had a really open, kind and inventive director and he, he trusted us, you know, when the director trusts you is so wonderful. I, even recently, you know, one of my really good friends, Christopher Gorham directed this romantic comedy and he, he called me up and said hey do you want to be part of it and I was like yeah man and the role was amazing I had to play this this massive movie star who was a bit stupid not too bright and and kind of full of himself but really nice and and hilarious I mean a really funny role so I I, I had and, and you know I shot three days but it was sometimes you shoot three days and it feels like you shot for three months because it's so full um, and and we had the same so, experience. Yeah, yeah same. We, it's a, it's yeah. The, it's the collaboration. I think it's one. It's they, the collaboration when your director gives you 
ownership over your role and allows you to bring your ideas and works with you and you yeah. build something together, it's like water in the desert. You know, it because is. a lot of these experiences that we have, even sometimes on on well-known shows or whatever yeah. it might be, sometimes you're you're not asked as much for your opinion yeah. or your artistry and you're kind of trying to give as much as you can. Whereas yeah. those situations, yeah, everybody is there because they yeah. really want to be there. They're not there for money. They're not there for yes. anything but the joy of doing it. And sometimes they're a mess and sometimes yeah. they're incredible or the experience yeah, is incredible. Yeah. The movie doesn't hold up or it does hold up, you know, but I agree. But you know what's funny is I did a movie uh, recently. I did a tiny part on a massive movie with a huge director uh, who, you know, who who's, has a reputation as being tough. And he could not have been nicer to me. He could not have been more inventive, taking the time, making the improv, which is the thing that I love the most. So, you know, sometimes, you know, and you go on these this huge set, you're there for half a day. And he made me, you know, believe in act, believe in the joy of acting again. So, you know, it, it, it's so crazy. You think you're going to, you, you're going in with a preconceived idea and, and, and I had a bull and he w- couldn't have been more gracious. Uh, I don't know. That's if a great lesson. Names. Well, that's a great lesson because. Yeah. I mean, I'll say who it is because I'll say who it is. You know, it, it, it was Michael Bay and, and he couldn't have been nicer. Couldn't have been more uh, giving and, and allowed me to just go and improv. And he said, well, and, and he was there behind the camera. And I was like, wow, this is, this is what I want, you know, in, 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 in acting. I want someone who's so collaborative with the actor. And I came, came out of this experience half a day you know, with wings on my back, you know, I'm gl- it's so, sh- it's you know so what it's shocking like. given his reputation. And it's, su- that's another lesson is like, it's a lesson. You, can't, you cannot you. judge someone based on what other people no, tell you, because you, you don't cannot. know what happened on that day when they were, you exactly. know, when they were dealing with them and then you go but, in and you have this incredible experience. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was Dion BB, you know, one of the greatest DPs behind, you know, at the camera with Michael Bay, you know, and, he, and Michael Bay was actually sometimes, you know, saying, saying the lines to me. And, and I'm telling you, I had a ball and this was half a day, but I'll remember it for the rest of my life. I'm, I'm telling you, it really, it really is true. And, and it's a real lesson, you know, don't, you know, just come in, be a pro, be kind, open yourself up to people. And, and, you know, this is what happens. And, and I loved it. (laughs) You know, I loved it. And then you'll go on something else, you know, that you, that you think is going to be a great time and you'll have a miserable time, you know, and then you'll have an amazing role. And, you know, I, I've had these, I had these a, a few years ago where I came in and everyone was so happy to have me on set, but I felt that the director was really being rushed by the producers uh, uh, and, and, and it was really tough. My first day, all my difficult scenes were on the first day. And I was, and that was with a huge star. There were three huge, big, you know, one huge star and two other really well-known actors in this scene, in this big room, you know, and sometimes when you audition, you think that it's going to be in this small environment and you're, you're going to find your emotion. 
And then suddenly you're in this big cold room and you feel cold as an actor. You know the feeling. Yeah. And you feel uncomfortable and destabilized. And it turned out really well on, on the, in the film, but, but I could feel that the director was insecure and he really put his insecurity and his, and his, uh, in his insecurities on me by, by, it was just, you know, when someone's trying to rush you, when you're trying to get something beautiful done, it's really tough. It's really tough. It's, it's, it's not fair. In a way, it's not fair. You have to, you know, if I'm going to be directing, I will do everything to help my actor. Yeah. And there I felt he did everything to destabilize me. And it was really tough. You know, that's yeah. when you want you, you come out and you go, I'm quitting acting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Sorry, well, I'm talking so much. Sorry. No, but, no, um, no. Talk about, you know, along those lines, the opposite of that. I, I heard you tell a story about, um, I'm not sure what film it was, but mm. you you went in very very close to the the you know right up to the end of possibly getting uh, a Coen Brothers film. Oh yes, and and, and what that experience was. Um, yes, I mean that was that's one of the examples. Yeah. Yeah. What what was it? Was it a collaboration? Was it? It was a- amazing. It was yeah. amazing. First and foremost, you know, let me say, the Coen Brothers to me are geniuses and i they, they walk on hallowed ground as far as i'm concerned I, i've followed them since blood simple i've seen every single one of their movies oh brother where are they? is actually my favorite you know some people prefer others um i think it's the perfect american movie and it sums up in in this in in the retelling of the ulysses uh, the um, yes it is the, the story. Yes, Ulysses' uh, story. It, it, it encapsulates what America is all about, and it's done in the most extraordinary way, you know, with the photog- Roger Deakins' photography, et cetera. Uh, they're writing, they're directing. I, I'm in awe. And, friends, you know, so I auditioned. Yeah, I'll say, that, you know, I auditioned for, uh, for Macbeth, the Scottish play. The Scottish play. Yeah. That Joel Cohen was doing with uh, Denzel Washington and Fran McDormand, Francis McDormand, who I, I adore. Uh, uh, and I know, I know them from, you know, I used to live upstate New York and we were neighbors and we'd met before and yeah, my experience actually, uh, auditioning for them. And I came very close. I think I came very close cause you know, I, I put myself on tape one, one time, then I saw them again, then I saw them another time. So it was like this three, three tier audition. But what was great is how, you know, I was so nervous before going in so nervous, but this time, you know, and I was surrounded with actors who were bent on talking to everyone. <laughs> and sometimes I am like that, but for this occasion, uh, I just couldn't. I had to stay in my bubble as an actor, focus on the role, you know, in, 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 in impregnate myself with the spirit of Shakespeare. And I, I was really nervous, walked in. But as soon as I walked in, I felt I, I, my nervousness went away because you had, you know, quintessential professionals, you know, in Joel Cohen and, and Francis McDormand and, and doing a scene with Fran is amazing. I've done stage readings with her and, you know, classical. Um, but I came in, I, I don't think, I didn't say, you know, hey, remember guys, because, you know, sometimes you don't want to break that fourth wall of the audition. You know what it's like. Yeah. Sometimes you do. And they're like, hey, Sebastian, how are you? I've often found that sometimes it, it 
it takes away from your concentration, you know, to, yeah, it can to throw you out. You're trying it to, throw, yeah, it can throw you. So I, I didn't say anything and I did my job and, you know, and I had great positive feedback from Joe and it was just wonderful, you know, to be in that room of such talent. And then I came back and I redid scenes again and, and they couldn't have been nicer. No, it didn't, it, I didn't get the part, but that's one occasion where you, even though you don't get the part, you feel you've won as an actor, you know, because the, 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 you are, you feel that these people want to help you get the part, you know? Yeah. And you feel that someone that, 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 that you respect, respects. Yes. You. Yes, and, absolutely. And, you know, and, and also as, as great of an experience as that is, I would love to even delve into if, if you're yeah. okay with it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Because this is something I talk about all the yeah. time and a lot of people talk about on this show. People are listening and they're going, okay, great, great. But, you know, he's an actor and he did this and he's done that and that's so great for him. But just kind of walk us through, I know my experience of it, walk us through when you are that close yeah. Do a dream job with, with directors, with, with actors, with just the whole project, the, the, the play itself, that as you're getting closer, yeah. at least I do this, you start to think, oh, the, the planets are aligning for me right now. This one's yeah. going to be the one. And because you're thinking positively, you're, it's hard not to imagine what's yeah. going to happen, you know, how this is going to lay out. And then when it yeah. goes away, yeah. Walk us through, because now you can look <laughs> back on it and say it's a win. But at the time, how how difficult is that for you? And how do you well, get through I think, it? Yeah, I think there are two different types of rejection. Um, for Macbeth, it was tough, but I was happy. It's funny, you know, there are really two types. And there are these other ones that you can't let go of that are really, well, you will basically learn of the news and you will be in bed for one day <laughs> nearly or something like uh, of the like. Uh, it's very difficult to get through them, but it's a bit like a breakup. You know, it, a, it, it is terrible on the moment, but then you will, you will get over it. You'll get over it. But it, it's true that there are some things that you keep thinking about 20 years on it's it's kind of sad <laughs> yeah but you, yeah. you learn to live with it. it it becomes part of your baggage of your experience which is good do you uh, have any of those that you um that you would share or talk about oh yeah 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 i remember I, I remember being up uh for lost against another actor and uh and i really thought i'd gotten it because i knew i did an amazing job in the audition uh, but, you know, and I didn't get it. And, you know, had I gotten it, I would have done, you know, five seasons on last. Um, it happened to me too for um, The Hobbit. Uh, I auditioned for one of the dwarfs, Dwalin, you know. And just the, the experience, you know, I auditioned in London when it was Guillermo del Toro. Uh, Guillermo, um, and they loved me. And then I saw them again in London. And then they loved me. Then it switched to Peter Jackson and I was still up for the part. And then I went in to shutters. I remember to meet with Peter Jackson. And of in course, Santa Monica, in Santa Monica. In Santa Monica. Yeah. And of course, uh, that day. So I go up to the room and I'm thinking, okay, this is it. You're ready. 
you can do this. You're going to show Peter Jackson that you've got the role. And that was a heartbreak because that day he was in the bedroom with the flu and uh, Fran Walsh and Philippa Boyens, you know, his partners were in the room, but it was not Peter Jackson. I get, you know, he was there and apparently he had the camera thing in his bedroom, but it, you know, and so I did my scene and I knew it was good, but I thought to myself, ah, it seems, um, you know, it was such a, a letdown that I couldn't get to see him in, in person. Yeah. Uh, even though he was there, uh, and, and I didn't get the part, but I mean, I know who got the part and, and, and it made complete sense. I mean, yeah. you know, he looked the part, he, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, he, yeah. he looked the part more than I did. You know, what can I say? It's yeah. tougher when someone gets cast and, and you think, Oh, I would have been better. Uh, uh, you know, and that happens a lot in our business. Um, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> sometimes yeah. it's hard not to become, bitter when you see who's working and who's not working you know I, uh yeah you you got to be you got to be honest as an actor sometimes it's tough <laughs> how do you how do you let go of the bitterness yourself i know i have my own um you know i've had different periods where i've been more bitter more cynical and then i've um found <sighs> ways to come out of it but what what i guess when you get when you get a new job <laughs> it's difficult because you you know as you get older you get um as you get older, you get, you know, I'm 56 now and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm up against a lot of extremely well-known people. It's tough, you know, it's really tough. Uh, but at the same time, I totally understand it. It's the reality of our business. You know, as you get older, the roles get smaller, uh, the, 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 the pool gets smaller. Uh, you know, and I, I, you know, I've, I've done quite a few auditions lately and, and I'm really, really happy with how I'm getting even, I think, better and more subtle as an actor. I'll tell you frankly, you know, I'm really happy with, with the, the work that I'm putting out there. What, you know, what people need to realize out there who is not an actor, uh, in between jobs, we are working. Uh, auditioning, guys, <laughs> is a lot of work. It's, uh, you know, so if we're doing two, three auditions of work uh, a week, if we're lucky, because that's, that's, that's good. As you get older, it's, it's, you know, when that I hear young like people, to me actually, right yeah, now. when I, when I hear, well, I mean, I'm not saying I'm doing that. Yeah. That's what's happening now. You know, this week, uh, there's, there are weeks when you don't get an audition, you know, but when you talk to young kids who are like, oh my God, I had three auditions today. And I'm like, just be happy with it, mate, because that will not always be the case. I remember when I was younger in New York and I would get three auditions a day and, you know, 10 auditions a week. But anyhow, um, yeah, I, I, I'm really happy with, with the work that I'm sending, you know, and you have to realize that the, that the concept of an audition, however good you are, you know, you, you may not fit, uh, you may not fit the, the role in the director's mind or the producer or network. There are so many people giving... Yeah. Uh, trying to give advice, you know, that's why sometimes I prefer uh, auditioning for films because you really feel that it's the director's. It's one vision. decision maker. Yeah. It's easier to sway one. Yeah. yeah. My friend and I have always said that it's easier to sway 
you know, Woody Allen than it is to sway the entire studio of, uh, and then a network. Of, of, network. Of in a, you know, it, it's, yeah. a, it's a- And then the accounting department and yeah, <laughs> I mean, 70, 70 marketing departments and who are like, oh, well, maybe if he had a, if, he, if his hair was blonde and his eyes were- Yeah. You know, it, there is so many dis, uh, over-decisioning, I think. Which is why I think cable network is taking over in terms of quality because I think that it's, you know, uh, I was just watching uh, The Queen's Gambit and I feel that, wow, in terms of quality, incredible, you know. You feel that it's a director's vision. And and that Korean drama series, My Mister, it's one director for the whole season. Uh, Korean dramas, I, I've, I've really been blown away by them, by the quality, first of all, of the actors, of the writing and the directing of some of them, you know, some of them are fluff, but a lot of them are extremely good. And why is that? Because they only have usually only have one season of 16 episodes. Yeah. And most of the time it's the same director that does it. So you truly have a vision. And um, yeah. So that has been my two favorite when I think about like the experience, there yeah. are two shows that I did. One was on Amazon, one was on yeah. Netflix and, and yeah. the Amazon one, the showrunner did half of the yeah. episodes. And then another great director came in yeah. uh, and she was great, but he, the showrunner was still there. So it had yeah. that singularity of a leader. And then the other one yeah. was writer directors that did all eight of them. And, and yeah. it was, That's it, it, it's nice when you know that you're not, you guys aren't working on a set and then looking over your shoulder to get notes. It's almost like, I mean, yeah. you're still getting notes, I'm sure, but it's, it, yeah. it's more like, this is the vision that it's coming from. This is the person. And yeah. Um, so be, before I, I wind down with you because of, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, for time, time reasons, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to, I, I want to, did I, I answer three, all your questions? Yeah. Sorry. I, oh I hope yeah. I this has been incredible. Yeah. And there's no, there's, yeah. I have no set. I have three questions at the end that I ask everybody. I'll get yeah, to yeah. those, but, but before we get there, I want to talk a little bit about your stage work and, and your relationship to television and film work versus your relationship to yeah. Stage work, uh, different yeah. thoughts, different approaches. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, let's just get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, you know, when I went to drama school, all I wanted to do was stage, theater. I was, it was just my thing, theater. I wanted to go to drama school in Britain, but I couldn't afford it at the time. I was really, really broke when I was younger and managed to get, uh, you know, into the Conservatoire National d'Art Dramatique of Paris and went there because it's free and they give you money. It's a very difficult process. You know, there's thousands of people and there's only 30 people a year. So I went there. I had a horrible time. <laughs> I can tell you, you know, be, careful, be careful of drama schools. Yeah. Uh, when you go to drama school, you know, do the work. I mean, I, I did the work, but, you know, do not get, uh, do not get uh, influenced by how you do a drama school. It means nothing. If I was starting a drama school, I would tell you everything about what is awaiting you as an actor. This is something they never teach in drama school. The one good thing they teach in drama school is, is great technique in theater, you know, uh, uh, which I think I had before because I'd performed Hamlet at the Edinburgh Festival uh, uh, because I had worked on it. Um, 
you know, so I really, you know, I approach every role the same way, whether it be theater, television, cinema, uh, which is seriously <laughs> know your lines really well. Uh, you know, as my great teacher, Michel Bouquet, who I think is the Lawrence of of France, used to tell me, he always used to say, and that always stayed with me, trust the author as an actor. If you do not understand, reread the text. If you do not understand, reread the text. If you do not understand, reread the text. And eventually, the author will start whispering his secrets into your ear. And it is so true. It, hap it will happen. You know, even in the worst TV script you've ever read, reread the text. And then you either will get it instantly or it'll, take, it'll be a little more uh, hard work to, to get into the part. But eventually, the author will whisper his secrets into your ear, meaning that you will get it. You will, you will suddenly get the part. And it happens a lot. You know, at first, you're like, I can't do this. And then the more you read it, the more you work on it, suddenly things, things get better. But um, yeah, I mean, I did a play on the West End two years ago. And you know, I had to get back into my into my theater shape in a way, you know, in terms of yeah. vocal capacity, because, you know, the, it, it is some, it's not only about having technique on stage, but when you're on a big stage, like the theater Royal Haymarket, you know, extraordinary theater on the West End, you know, a dream. Uh, you have, you know, when you're, you know, upstage or downstage, uh, <laughs> the sound differs, you know, the, the acoustic differs and you have to be prepared. Otherwise you will not, you know, so there's, in a way, the approach to the character is 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 the same. But then once you get on the stage, uh, the approach is different because you have to project. You know, so there is that aspect of it, of course. Uh, what I've learned a lot now with camera is that you know, what I really love is the less you do and the, the more beautiful it is. And yeah. you know, and a lot of times, you know, it's been said over the years, you know. They wanted to fight Al Pacino in The Godfather because he did nothing. And if you rewatch The Godfather, he does nothing, but he does so much, you know. Yeah. And the great actors are like that. And, and it's really, over the years, I've realized, even in auditions now, I try to do as little as possible. And I think that, I think that sometimes, you know, when you do TV work, it doesn't get you the, the the job because it seems that people want to see people acting. Yeah. Uh, when actually the camera, when you're actually on a set on camera in a close up, you have no idea how much is picked up. Oh my God, young actors, I'm telling you, so you can see so much. And actually, there's nothing I love more than than the beautiful sort of. Um, amicable embrace of a close-up when you're when it's you the camera operator and your partner your scene partner and you're doing this small moment in the scene there's nothing more beautiful i love it personally you know uh, uh more than a master you know that's why a lot of movie stars try and fuck up the master <laughs> yeah you know you know they'll the, uh, bring it in close, so, so yeah. you can cut back to the master and you know yeah. And, you know, I would say to actors, you know, 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 know the lens that they're using on you, you know, 70 or, you know, anything. Uh, uh, 
no lenses and no what how you're being shot you know because you can really do beautiful work you know and you see the great actors you know they do i mean you only have to watch uh, uh daniel day lewis you know in his silences you'll see great acting in silences actually i, I saw the, this wonderful actress anya taylor joy in queen's gambit her silences are just remarkable remarkable um yeah, so that's the difference, you know, between theater and film, TV acting, you know, for me. And, uh, yeah, and you see the great ones. And sometimes you have big performances, but they're always, with the great ones, they're always justified. I don't know. They're, yeah. Let's explain it. The word no means what to you? Uh, I think actually it can be one of the most important words that you will uh, utter. Uh, it, it means no boundaries. And this is something that's very difficult to, for me, I was someone who could never say no. Uh, of course, there's the negative aspect of that. So I see a positive aspect of saying no. Uh, no boundaries means that you are in your truth. So I think... Uh, no, no can be a very important word. It can be very difficult to. <laughs> yeah. It can be that and difficult. difficult to hear sometimes. Difficult in to the hear. Moment. Yeah. yeah, but I think that you using the power of no uh, uh, shows that you are in your truth, in your truth. Very important, in your strength. What about um, a go-to mantra or, or philosophy that you have in like a time of when everything has kind of gone south uh, you know, you're, you're, you're in, in a bad situation. Do you have any, any kind of, uh, um, mantra or saying that gets you through it? I think sometimes it's good to let go, let go. If you want to quit acting, just do it. Even if it's for one minute, <laughs> just let go embrace, you know, if you're having going through a difficult moment, embrace the pain because from my experiences, Every bad situation becomes the greatest experience of your life. You know, whether it be a divorce, uh, see it as a positive. Uh, it's difficult in the moment, but, but you will see that in the future, it might be your greatest lesson. Last question. If you could give your younger self advice, what advice would you give? And, but what, what age would you intervene? I would have intervened very early. I think I would have said patience, listen, uh, calm down. Because, uh, you know, I was someone who was hypersensitive and hyperreactive. And I think, you know, I, I yeah, sometimes I, I culturally, you know, I came to America. <laughs> There's a cultural difference in France. Uh, we're very reactive people. And I really, I, even though I'm half British, I'm a very reactive person. And I, I, you know, think before you speak is, 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 or think before you act is something I would tell my younger self because uh, in America, it's perceived differently. In France, it's perceived actually in a positive way, the reactiveness of things. If you watch a French movie, it's always like, quoi, quoi, quoi. Oh, I love you, you know, um, so think before you act, think before you think, which, which encapsulates, you know, patience. Uh, uh, yeah, be, yeah, the three things I said, but I can't remember. 
That's perfect. Um, yeah, I'm sorry we don't get to talk more because this is this no. Is I, I I love this and I apologize. And no, uh, not at all. Not and, at all. You know, it's fine. It's a it's a doctor's appointment because no, 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 no. You got to go. You got to go. And sometimes you know. Trust me, you'll you'll be thanking yourself if you listen to my other, some of the other ones that are really long. You'll be like, "Thank God he had a <laughs> No, no, it was a pleasure, real pleasure. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Okay, that is it. Time for the top three takeaways. Number one: Remember your worth. I tried to tell actors, remember your worth. Without you. Th- nothing will happen. This will come to a grinding stop. If you've shot, you know, your five scenes and, uh, and you leave, it's done. Takeaway two, your surroundings influence your character. Too many people think they just are who they are, but change it up. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Where are you living? What are you reading or watching? All of it makes a huge difference as to the person you'll become. Basically, sold everything, bought a sailing boat, and we took off for about six years on a sailing boat to sail around the world. So from the age of 12 to 18, my sort of normal life changed uh, drastically uh, and, it, and changed really who I was and, and sort of formed really the man I am today, you know, uh, because it's, it's such a, a different life when you go from stability to complete instability. Number three, I love Sebastian's positive take on the word no, that it gives him power. When you can turn that corner, everything starts to flip to where it feels like life is actually on your side, regardless of the external outcome. Here's our exchange. So I see a positive aspect to saying no. Uh, no boundaries means that you are in your truth. So I think uh, no, no can be a very important word. It can be very difficult to. <laughs> yeah. It can be that and difficult. difficult to hear sometimes. Difficult in to the hear. Moment. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that you using the power of no uh, uh, shows that you are in your truth. In your truth, very important. In your strength. Okay, that is it. Thank you again, Sebastian Roche. Thank you for listening. If you dug this, please share it with your friends, put it on social media. Please, if you can, give a couple of minutes to go over to uh, Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating, a nice review. That really helps the visibility of the show, and we appreciate it. Remember the 10,000 No's Insiders community. If you like these conversations week in, week out, you like the Monday morsels that I do, you like grappling with this, you're looking for a group that you can be accountable to, a group that will push you, that will uh, really take these concepts that we talk about on the show and, and apply them to your particular life with these live video calls every week with guests that come in every month. Um, Really consider doing that. There is a link in the show notes that you can click for 10,000 Knows Insiders Community, or you can just go to 10,000knows.com and look for it there. Learn a little bit more about it and how you can sign up. Until then, we will see you uh, at the Monday Morsels, and we'll see you again here next Friday. Thank you so much. 